Hey, my loves, welcome back to All Podcast, where I come at you unrehearsed and just trying to be as present as possible. And, you know, it's funny, I always just check in with myself around what's needed, um, needing to be spoken about or needing to be felt into. And it's interesting because my relationship to my body is actually really wonderful right now. Um, it's feeling really precious and I'm feeling into being more fully alive and expressing that through my body in a multitude of ways. And so this is not so much for me as I think it is for you. So I'm really, really grateful that you're here. I'm really trusting that whatever comes through today is exactly what needs to be and uh, that whoever is needing these words will find them. So welcome back to Altered Podcast. My name's Alexa, if you're new here. And uh, today we're talking about body love and cultivating a more loving relationship to our body. And, you know, I've been through the ringer with my relationship with my body. Um, I have struggled in a multitude of ways just to actually accept it and be in it and be with the sensations that a body requests of us, right? We're in a body to feel, we're in a body to experience, we're in a body to do this human thing. And yet it's it's no joke. It's hard. It's hard sometimes to be in a body. These bodies bleed and they hurt and they feel really good. And sometimes we don't know what to do with that. So let's just dive into some body love stuff, you know? You know, there's so much conditioning that happens around the way that we feel about our body. There's so much story around the way that we should look. There's so much story around ableism and what our bodies should be able to do. There's uh, so, much, so many stories around um, being sick, right? I remember so clearly with my mom being a cancer patient, she had so much shame around her body because it was no longer functioning the way it always had. And she had really identified with her body in a really profound way. She was a dancer. And so like her body was her life force. It was, it was where she expressed. It was also where she made her money, right? So there's, there's so much conditioning around what our body can do about how our body feels, whether we're sick or not. There's of course, so much conditioning around diet culture and like what we should be eating and what we shouldn't be eating. There's so much around fat phobia. Um, and then of course, not only is there conditioning from the external, but there is indeed conditioning from the internal, right? There's our biological conditioning which is to be attracted to certain things. It's our biological conditioning to want to do certain things like have a baby or do certain things like um, look a certain way to attract a certain partner. Right? There is an element of that too. It's not all diet culture or all fat phobia or all ableism. It's it's both. And I think holding that polarity and holding the complexity of that is really important in any conversation because I think it, identifying anything as all all black or all white or all whatever, it's it's not that, right? It's it's all of the above. And so really knowing that this fear-gripped state of reactivity. This fear-gripped state of reactivity that we are living in, many of us are living in around our body, lets us do one thing, control it. Or it gives us the false sense of control, right? So this 
this sense of anxiety around the way our body looks or feels or what it should be, right? We're shooting all over ourselves, leads us to then control it. It controls what we eat or it controls um, how we move. So we're not actually listening to the nobility of our body anymore, right? Then we're really looking outside of ourselves like, oh, this is, this is what I need to do, especially this time of year, right? It's like new year, new you thing being like tossed around like confetti and no one's listening to their body. And then all of a sudden February comes around and we're like, I'm tired of this. This feels terrible. So if you are in like full diet mode and you're feeling misaligned or you're feeling hungry or you're feeling a certain kind of way, just know that you're not alone. And that's not to say that we can't improve our health or follow a, a diet that feels good to us or move our body in a way that feels right or good or um, just authentic to who we are. But it's about the intention that's underneath it, right? Am I doing this because I care for myself and I want to feel a certain way? Or am I doing this because I hate my body and I hate the way that it looks and feels, and I hate myself, and because I'm trying to control it, and I'm trying to feel safe or feel something, right? Because the truth is, is we've associated our body with things, right? Like if I have this type of body, I'm lovable. If I have this type of body, I'm not lovable. If I have this body, I'm safe. If I have that body, that's deeply unsafe, right? So we've associated these things with bodies, but really our body is the vehicle through which we explore this human experience. Our body is the tool that we use to express consciousness. The body is the vessel through which God co-creates, if that you know, aligns for you or whoever, right? Whatever, love, spirit, universe, whatever word you want to use for God, right? The body is the vessel through which energy moves so that it can express itself like you. I was saying the other day that like we are all unique instruments, like no two violins are alike, right? You are a specific instrument, but if you're a tuba and you're trying to sound like a violin, you're going to be struggling hard. You got to just play like the tuba that you are and let consciousness move through that instrument that you have. And we're spending so much time, most of us were spending so much time trying to sound like something that we're not or look like something that we're not. And that is the beauty when we actually get into our body enough to accept it for what it is, right? Like my body is, it's extraordinary. I love my body, but it's unique, right? It's not, it, it's, it, it's not about what it even looks like. I don't even want to go there because I know that that can be triggering, but it's like, I had this story forever that I needed to look completely different. And I was trying to play that instrument. And in order for me to play that instrument, I needed to starve. And I starved myself down to a really unhealthy place. And it was a bunch of things. It was, yes, of course, external conditioning and, and social media and the um, influences that I was feeling from the external world, but it was also my own story. It was also my own patterning. It was also my own self-hatred. It was my own, um, it was the, the lessons that I had picked up 
from people in my life around bodies, right? I talk about this all the time, like who's driving the car of your life? Like when it came to my body, my mother's voice was driving the car of my life a lot because she was a dance teacher. She had a lot of obsession with bodies and making sure that they looked a certain way. And so that imprinted in me very young, like, oh, a, a, a body that that performs well looks like that, or a body that gets cast well looks like that. Or if I want to wear the pretty costume, I need to look like that. And so we just inherit these things. They get tattooed on our brains, but the good news is, is tattoos can be removed. Tattoos can be removed. And it's just about noticing these stories. It's about noticing where our blind spots are. It's about noticing our beliefs versus the beliefs that have been instilled in us. Because it's very true. If you look at a baby, like babies don't care what their body looks like. They care what they feel like. That's true, right? If they get gas, they're like screaming, right? It's not just like, oh, wow, I have gas. They're like, ah! full tears, right? They care about what they feel like, but they don't do not. They love their rolls. They love their bellies and their, oh, their sweet cheeks. It's like the bigger, the bigger, the better, right? And for us, we just we just have so much conditioning and so many stories around it. So we just get to distinguish what's true and what's not true for us. And everyone has a different version of that. And that is beautiful because again, we are all unique instruments here to play that unique chord or that unique sound and let life move through us. Our body is a vehicle. It's not an ornament. It's not just to be observed or looked at or adored. Yes, it can be all those things because that can be a fun expression of the human experience, right? That can be a fun moment. Feeling beautiful is fun for some of us if that's what we want, if that's what we're leaning toward. That's a great thing to do if that's what your instrument wants, right? But the the body is a vehicle. It's meant to drive us through the life. It's not this thing just to look at. And that's a super, super important distinction to make. You know, when we spend all of our time obsessing about a body, about the way it moves or the way it looks or the way it feels even, or its age, that's a huge component in our society of what's safe and what's not safe. When we're spending all of our time obsessing, that is, that's a really beautiful way to keep people from creating a life they want. It feels quite patriarchal to me, actually, because I know that many men struggle with their body. But for women in particular, you know, our worth has been our worth has been placed on what our body looks like, how many children we can bear, what we can do, what we can do sexually. And so by making all these people obsess about their body rather than obsess about what they're passionate about or what their purpose is or what they, they want to expand into or think or feel, it's a really good way to control people. And that's really what diet culture does. That's really what um, food obsession or body obsession does. It keeps us from actually looking at ourselves. And that's really what it is, right? It's a defense against knowing who we are. It's a defense against feeling what we may or may not want to feel. Obsessing about our body is a defense against obsessing about our life in a good way, right? Moving in the direction that we want to do. It's a good way to control people. Keep 
hammering that they need to look like something else. They'll spend a whole lot of time trying to do that rather than, I don't know, fix the ocean or, you know, be a parent or go to school or anything, any flavor in between, be a barista. It doesn't matter what it is. Again, we're all just learning to play our unique instrument. And the irony is, it's so funny. We're setting ourselves up for so much failure here. We're setting ourselves up for so much failure here because the body inevitably changes no matter what. If we're privileged enough to grow old, the body will change. Think of where you, your body was five years ago. It's changed. Think of where your body was when you were a teenager. How much has it changed? Thank God it's changed, right? In so many ways. But it's like we have this story around that we should look young forever when we know how this whole thing ends. And if we're lucky enough to age, it's it's a privilege that is not guaranteed to everyone. And yet once we age, we're shamed. So cultivating acceptance around the shifts of being in a body, cultivating acceptance around the fact that our body is again, if we're lucky, going to get older and change. The, what it can do will change. The way it looks will change. The way it feels will change. Everything, everything comes to an end, even your body. And vitality is not just about what we look like, right? Vitality is about the human spirit moving through the body. We all think like, oh, we want to look young because then we're vital. Like, also, I know people who do not look young who are wildly vital. Like they're just engaged. That's it. They're just engaged in their life. They're present and they have energy because they're not obsessing about their body, spending all their energy moving in that direction, right? They're moving in a direction that serves them. And they have the energy. They're vital. But it's not about their skin. It's not about their belly. It's not about anything other than their energetic frequency. And if we want to change our frequency, we just have to change what we frequently see. And I'm not talking about, sure, I'm talking about, yes, go into nature and see beautiful things, of course, but also what we see internally, what we see in ourselves, what we see in our mind, the thoughts that we think, how we feel about our existence. If you want to change your frequency, because again, we're all just wanting to be vital, we must change what we frequently see and how we see it. And that's everything, literally everything. So the question for you right now is, what does being at home in your body feel like? Like, have you ever really leaned into feeling at home in your body or have you never felt at home in your body? Because up until maybe eight years ago, I'd never had felt at home in my body, despite the fact that I had been a dancer for a lot of my life. I had been a yoga teacher. I had done all sorts of things. My body felt very unsafe. So do you feel at home there? And if so, what does home feel like? Does it feel nurturing? Does it feel filled with compassion? Does it feel filled with judgment? Because I guarantee you, the home in which you grew up in, 
is similar to the home that you live in, in your body. Again, it's like I was telling you about the stories that I inherited around my body as a kid. And it's no blame, right? We're all victims of victims. It's just, it's important to notice. I picked up a lot of negative stories around bodies and what they should look like and what they should be like. And there was a lot of judgment. And that ju- that voice lives, well, not so much anymore, but it lived in me for a very long time. It still pops up from time to time, but now I'm good at listening and going, oh, that's actually, that's actually not my voice. That's not actually how I feel. Because there's so many stories, we have to be able to distinguish whose voice is it, right? When we're going off about, oh my God, my thighs this, or oh my God, I feel like this, or I'm so old, or I'm so, I'm, I'm this color, I'm this shape, I'm this whatever. Whose voice is it? Is it the voice of your mother? Is it the voice of patriarchy? Is it the voice of white privilege? Is it the voice of ageism? Is it the voice of Instagram? Whose voice is it? Because if it's not your voice, it doesn't really matter. We don't want to listen to the stories. We want to listen to your body's wisdom because your body's wisdom is amazing. Your body is the greatest tool for discernment when you actually listen to it and when you get clear on which voice it is. And that's really the work. And part of what we can do, right, in order to start to distinguish that is actually to notice and write down what were the messages that I received around bodies growing up. Oh, thin, sure to win. Or, oh, that's that's a beautiful person, this, you know, white, thin model. You know, what? A, that's a beauty. That's a beauty versus whoever, right? Notice the messages. What messages did you hear your parents say? What messages did you hear society say? What messages did you hear your teachers or whoever influenced you say? This also ties into sensuality and sexuality in such a profound way, right? The way that we feel about our body and what it's for, right? Oh, the body is sacred. Oh, the body is bad if you have sex. The body is fill in the blank. Oh, expressing yourself this way is bad. Expressing yourself like this is good. It's not just about body image. It's also about what the body does. So you can even write in a journal about it. You know, what were the messages? And then notice after you've written those messages, which ones you still are playing out and where they still live in your life. If they still live in your life, hopefully they don't. <laughs> maybe, may, Or maybe you received amazing messages growing up about your body or about bodies in general. But these messages live in us, right? The issues are in the tissues. The body keeps the score. And then once you find those messages and where they live in you, I invite you to start to look for the compassion. Where does the compassion live? And can you have compassion for the body that you have with whatever it can do, with however it feels? The great paradox, the great paradox is that once we accept what we have, it can change. That's it's the funniest thing. It happens every time. So it's you can't hate your body into changing. So we start with compassion. We start with acceptance. If you're having a hard time finding the compassion for yourself, can you look at a picture of yourself as a small child? Can you look at yourself as a baby? And have compassion for him, her, they, them. 
Because if you can have compassion for them, they are still very much alive and well within you. My sister Lauren Taos, who I quote all the time, says, the youngest parts of us are the oldest parts of us. And it's true. They are. So whenever you find yourself berating or being harmful, self-harming, whether it's through thoughts or behavior, envision that child and nurture that child. How would you speak to them? Would you say that to them to be child abuse? Change the narrative. Add more awareness. Sprinkle more awareness on top of that. And change the dialogue. Change the conversation. Oh, my light went out. I love it. This is good. We're just chit-chatting again. This is just what it is. You know, one final thing. I think the lights are out. It's it's time for me to head out. But just one final thought. And it, it feels so obvious to say, but you have a body. You are not your body. You have one. You are not it. It is with you. Right? If I cut off your arm, you don't go, I am arm. You go, that's my arm. If I cut off your leg, you don't go, I am leg. You go, that's my leg. Who's the my in all of that? Right? It's the energetic part of you. It's who you really are. It's the loving awareness component. It's the higher self that knows that that's not your who you are, right? That you're just with it. That's my leg. It's not I am leg. You are not your leg. You have a leg. Who you are is energetic. Who you are is so much greater than this body. And the body is amazing. The body's the vessel. Celebrate the body. Be compassionate. Love on it when you can because it is temporary. Thinking of you all walking beside you this week. Thank you for your presence. Um, if you haven't already, please do feel free to leave a five-star review and a written review of Altered Podcast. Share this episode with your friends. It's just going to help get it in more people's ears. And who doesn't need free content? Who doesn't need gentle reminders? I do. I know I do. I have my teachers. So I hope that this served. Awesome. Much love, everyone.